Well, welcome back to yep. our podcast that still doesn't have a name. We We're have so zero excited name. you're here. <laughs> we, if you had a nickname to give me right now, what would it be? I don't know. <laughs> uh, baby Blues. Oh, I like I'm looking that. at your blue eyes, and that's what I'm thinking. Appreciate that. Welcome back to episode that, two of a podcast which has no the name. The podcast with no name as we discuss battle. The podcast of which we will not name. <laughs> We're in the middle of right. a series at our church, and this podcast is for you to supplement what it is that we're teaching. So if you're here and you call the Movement Church home, we are family. If you just right. happen upon this channel, thank you for hanging out. In fact, the best thing to do, jump over to our YouTube channel, which you're probably on right yep. now. Check out the sermon from the previous week, and hopefully they correlate. If you're I watching this three years from now, it will not make sense. That's right. And hey, listen, if you're checking this out, and maybe you have never been to the Movement Church, we'd love to invite you to come hang out with us. We are in Orange Costa, County. Costa, Rica. No, <laughs> that would be, That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Guanacosta. We're in Orange County, California, and uh, we meet at Laguna Hills High School every single Sunday, and we would love to see you there totally. and get to know you better. Yeah, I think it'd be worth the journey, but let us die. In. That's right. Let us pray. Let us pray. I don't know why. Everywhere, I don't mean everywhere. to sing. Here's the thing. I was homeschooled my whole life. And when you're homeschooled... You entertain yourself, you, don't you? Oh, so good to have you on the show, <laughs> Megan. You have to entertain yourself. So when you're like... You know, you, you lean over and talk to an imaginary friend who's at the desk next to you, and they're not there. And then you yell at your teacher who's your mom. And yeah. then you sing And then you get in yourself. big trouble. So. And then you homeschool high five. All right. So that's why I sing. I don't actually plan singing. I don't have songs no. on my notes. But if you send them in, he's happy to take requests. I probably, I probably will sing them. <laughs> I've been into Lionel Richie right now. Okay. Hello, is wow. it me you're looking for? Wow. If you don't like Lionel Richie, we'll uh, pray for you. This has <laughs> nothing to do with our podcast. We had hundreds of questions come in. Literally so many hundreds questions. of questions. So we're going to dive in and see if we can answer. All of them of were them. great. Some of them yeah. didn't necessarily pertain to the series we're in, but we would love to hit those in the future. And hopefully this will be more of a dialogue than anything. But please jump in. Let us know yeah. what you're looking for. And while we're doing that, I'm going to set up a timer so that we can be good stewards <laughs> of your time. And hopefully, yeah, let's see what let's happens. Go. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Let's see what happens. So, let's see what happens. Let's see. Let's see. So in correlation to the series that we're walking through at the Movement Church called Battle of Beliefs, we're taking some questions about uh, our beliefs as Christ followers. Yeah, we're really tackling some big stuff, yeah, like really heavy big hitter stuff. stuff, and we're talking about uh, really Christian orthodoxy in comparison to the current cultural moment and how they contradict, Yeah, they how it con conflicts and how it's counter-Christian yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. So. so I think one of the first questions that came in, I imagine so many people were feeling this and listening to the message. Um, we're, we're talking about this battle of beliefs. And so the yeah. question says, how do we have these controversial conversations with friends or family that are not Christians? Um, essentially, the question would be, what's the case for proving that the Bible has it right and culture has it uh, wrong? That's a great. I feel like that's a huge question I think you should start every holiday off talking about politics and religion. Perfect. I think that'll go really great, well for you. And just what we should do when you sit down for Thanksgiving, just say before we cut into the turkey, we'd like to take a poll: who here is a Democrat? Let's, and let's who name here this podcast is what not to a Republican? Do based on the advice that we're and, giving right uh, now, for the libertarian crazy uncle, you get oh to sit gosh. at the kids' table. 
And back to the question. So I don't even remember what the question was. I know you don't. I know. So how do we have these controversial conversations with friends or family that are not Christians? So essentially, what's the case for proving that the Bible has it right and culture has it wrong? That's a great question. That's a big one. Why don't you dive in? Oh, you want me to dive in? I do. On the subject, preferably. Well, you know, as a consummate arguer, I've uh, been called uh, a lawyer many times, not because I've passed the bar, but because I love to argue. You would have been great. Anybody out there like arguing is your love language? That's me. Well, don't do that. Um, I think yeah. I think it's probably important to know you don't have to have all the answers. Yeah. And and candidly, neither of us are theologians. Uh, we we've been uh, studying the scripture for, for a long time, a long you know thirty five forty years almost for Megan sixty two oh years. Gosh. But um, we I've been to Bible college and still a student, but I don't have all the answers. And I think that's okay for you to be there. Like it's okay to know that there's some things that you believe you don't necessarily have all the information. If you've ever flown on a plane, uh, I'd be willing to bet that you didn't go out and check the structural integrity of the airplane <laughs> before you boarded. Uh, no. you, you, you probably just assume the experts were doing their yeah. jobs. Like the pilot made the rounds and that the mechanic was there doing yeah. what he or she should be doing and that they're reading the dials accurately. Like you, you probably made some sweeping assumptions and you made that bet with your life. And so some of our faith is, is going to be like that until we begin to discover the fullness. Yeah that God has. But you also probably were banking on the fact that we've been flying in planes for well over a hundred years. So we've got a good track record. While there've been accidents and tragedy, we've got a pretty good track record. But also, if you wanted to understand aeronautics and aviation, then you're gonna have to actually do some studying, right? Like probably a little bit more than YouTube, definitely more than TikTok. And so I'd say that one great thing to do is to start by studying before you try to start by proving people wrong yeah. or the Bible accurate. And I think a great place to start, there's a couple of books. C.S. Lewis wrote a great book yeah. called Mere Christianity. Uh, Lee Strobel wrote a great book, a couple of great books, Case for Faith, Case for Christ. But what were you going to say? Yeah, I, I would just say too, the objective, you, you don't win many arguments when you go into the arguments trying to prove someone wrong. Right. And so the goal of Christianity isn't that we come in on attack um, of all the things that are, are counter-Christian. Yeah. Um, that's that's really not the objective. And honestly, I don't think Jesus would have responded like that. I think I think Jesus asked a lot of questions. Yeah. And um, so I think it's important to not go into a conversation argumentative and like, I'm going to prove my point. I'm going to stand my ground. I think it's important to ask questions to the, to the totally. person you're talking to, to try to understand where they're coming from, if they even understand why they believe what they believe. And then, and then to say, well, are you interested? That was a beautiful alarm for us. Uh, to say, are you interested in knowing uh, what I think about yeah. this? I, I think sometimes that's helpful and it's disarming. So um, when you're having a hard conversation about something that you have a different belief on, I think asking the other person questions, seeking to understand is crucial. And then I think saying, would you like to hear my thoughts on that? Because I have a different perspective and a different view and here's why. Now you will have to do the studying to be able to have that kind yeah, of conversation. Yeah, and that's a long journey. Yeah. And, uh, and and it really is. But I think a question that you can ask is when, when somebody might challenge, how do you know the Bible is accurate? How do we know that the Bible is truth? A great question to ask is in comparison to what? 
because all of us have informed, we have information, all of us have theology, all of us have faith, but it might be based on or in different things, but it's based on things that we've experienced or been taught. So to ask the question in comparison to what? I think that's a great question. If they will, I don't know. How do you know the Bible is not just old school? One well, comparison to what? Like, yeah. are, we, are we talking about Plato's writings, um, <laughs> the writings of the Republic, which predate the New Testament writings? But when we look at even just Plato's writings, all theologians, all academia would say that those exist. And yet we have less copies with less accuracy of Plato's writings than we do of the actual New Testament. So asking in comparison to what is a, a great way to start. Yeah. If we say, how, how do we know we can believe God is real? Well, in comparison to what? In comparison to the fact that we're here because of a big bang? I mean, it takes a lot of faith to believe that we exist from nothing, that a bang happened. Um, where, where did this bang come from? Where did the, the particles come from that collided with each other? So what we believe informs our behavior. And so if we yeah. believe that we came from chance, then it sure does give us permission to not care uh, about what it is that we believe or what it is that we do as long as we're not hurting other people. And just to kind of live uh, by chance and just kind of do what we do. But if we believe we're created, that there's a creator, that he created us uniquely and for a purpose, by a purpose, then it actually informs our behavior yeah. because what we do actually matters so i think a great question to start with is in comparison to what yeah like when you say the bible isn't true or it isn't the truth or god isn't real or my idea of what god is isn't accurate well in comparison to what and then just be willing to listen yeah i think megan you hit it on the nail on the head don't you think that the yeah i think people best think way people... to finish this podcast is letting you finish my sentences <laughs> i'll help you out i don't know if this is where you're going but uh i i think is it me you're looking for it is always you babe um I think that people really appreciate being heard. Yeah. And um, again, our objective is not to just come in and hammer biblical truth at people who may not have any idea of who Jesus is. And so I, I think that it's a journey. And I think that um, if you call yourself a Christ follower, not just in name, but in yeah. belief, then that means that you've had, you've had a personal encounter with the person of Jesus. Like you've made a decision that says, I'm going to follow Jesus. And, and that means that you have the Holy Spirit spirit available to you. And the Holy Spirit is our, our counselor, our guide, our friend, who's, who's constantly helping to refine areas totally. of our life that need it. And so if you're talking to someone who doesn't have the same belief system, I think that what they really need is to encounter the person of Jesus and the Holy Spirit will start the work. And yeah. so maybe rather than the argument about politics or the argument about, um, some hot topic of today, I think maybe the, the, conversation, if you could steer it back to your experience and your story and who you were before Jesus and who you are now yeah. and why that has changed the way that you look at the world, I think that's an easier way to, to soften a conversation. Well, yeah, because Jesus was surrounded by people who were constantly arguing over philosophy and theology. Yeah. Two groups of religious leaders, the religious leaders, mm -hmm. leaders. <laughs> Why do my know. hands always I, end up here when, you when have I'm an being accent, goofy? It's like religious leaders. Italian. Let's just do this in Irish. Okay. So Jesus was constantly surrounded by Pharisees and Sadducees, two different religious yeah. leaders within the Jewish community who were at odds with each other 
over specific components of their theology. One group believed in the resurrection, the other didn't, and there's a few other dynamics. And they were always coming at Jesus because Jesus popped on the scene because he was A, a bad mamma jamma, yeah. the son of God, but he embodied yeah. the, the essence of what we look for in yeah. fulfillment. And it made these religious leaders angry. Yeah. So they're trying to pinpoint and corner him, back him into a corner yeah. and make him say something that would tick off some people in the crowd. And Jesus rarely would become combative with yeah. them, but he would sit down and he, and he would say stories. Yeah. And so, you know, like the religious leader said, Hey, what is the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And they said, that is great, but who is my neighbor? Always trying to be, they're punks. They're just that punk they were. argumentative. And Jesus said, let me tell you a story about a Samaritan who was traveling yeah. on his way to Jericho and, he got robbed and beaten, not a Samaritan, a Jew. Yeah. And a priest walks by and sees this young, this man beaten on the side of the road and he jumps to the other side and he goes on his way. And then a Pharisee walks by and he jumps to the other side and he goes on his way. And then a Samaritan who was hated by the Jews sees the man who's beaten, picks him up, takes him to the uh, hotel, pays for him, brings and nurtures him back to health. And Jesus said, who is the neighbor? And the, the man said, well, it was the Samaritan, which was a slap in their face right. in that moment. But it was kind. It was it, a kind slap. It was a it was a gentle slap. <laughs> it was a gentle slap in the face. Oh, we we Pharisee there. We little sl- oh, you wee slap. little Sadducee. I just I don't know. Now I'm like Scottish. <laughs> I can't figure it out. You can take our lives, but you can never take our freedom. This is a disaster. Cut. So all that to say, what was Jesus illustrating? He was illustrating that, do you still want to call me blue eyes? (laughs) He was illustrating that the argument wasn't the answer. Yeah. The answer was to embody the principles that we find in the word of God. So if you have people who are questioning the word of God and the truth of God, might I suggest that God uniquely planted you in their life to be the expression of Jesus even without the argument. Yeah. I just want to suggest that. Yeah. Yes. You, the person who thinks I'm talking to somebody else, you. Yeah. I think that might be part of God's. Yeah. If you find yourself in a conversation where you're starting to get heated and frustrated, like back away because, uh, it's probably not worth it. And, um, and I think that a healthier conversation comes when we're able to listen to people and we're able to share where we um, where we stand with kindness and clarity. I think personal stories, those make a difference. That's huge. Yeah, so, so good. Okay, number two, because that was a long answer. All right. Eleven minutes. Here we go. I know this this Ooh, one is a wee. this is a big question. Are you ready for it? Because there's so much going on in our world today. And um, I don't know if I'm prepared. I think I think that um, a lot of us are asking this. Got it. I know God is always good but I struggle with how or why God allows bad things to happen to a large group of people. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. It's a good, it's a good song, I think. God, you are higher than any. It's good. You, you want to be on the harmony? worship team? You want to be on the harmony? I'm not good at harmony. I like to sing, but I just sing loud and <laughs> Go ahead. I, I just can't do harmony all the, the time. The best way to spread okay. Christmas cheer. Singing loud singing for loud. all to hear. But right now we're going to answer question How do we know that God is good even when bad things happen? Yeah. And I think that's a question we all have yeah. about why do bad things happen to good people? Um, or even like this question specifically, large yeah. groups of people, i.e. 9-11 when the right. 
terrorists flew planes into the building or, I mean, any uh, insert right. any other act of terrorism yeah. or genocide. Currently, right now, there's a war in the Ukraine. Um, yeah. I think it's just referred to as Ukraine. It is. I always okay. say it incorrectly. In case you were concerned which Ukraine we were speaking of, <laughs> in, in Russia Ukraine. has invaded Ukraine yeah. and it's, it's there's, nasty. There's a lot of craziness going on. And so I think that that this is a question a lot of us are yeah. asking. Did you want to dive in? Sure, yeah. Or? I mean, I don't know if I have the right answer, um, but I think one thing that's important to note, if you are a Christian, then we adhere to a Christian worldview, which means it's painting the lens of how we learn things, how we see the world, and uh, what we believe about those things. And a worldview really answers the, some of the big questions that we ask. Yeah in life. Big questions, um, are like, um, who are we? Mm -hmm. Uh, where do we come from? Um, why, why, why am I here? Um, what is the problem? Right. Like that's what this question yeah, is. What is the problem? The deal? And then what's our highest moral aim? Those are worldview. The, our worldview, the way that it's like an operating software in a telephone, you, you don't even know it's running. It's just impacting how you see things. And according to a Christian worldview, well, we know that we're created by God and uh, that we're created in his image. We're, we're image bearers. Like yep. he, he created me in his image, Megan in his image, is his image, but also that we're objects of his holy love. But we know what the problem is. Yeah. The problem is sin. Right. The problem is not terrorism. Terrorism is a byproduct of sin. The problem isn't the coronavirus. Right. The coronavirus it's is a, a product. It's a byproduct of a fallen world. Yeah. So when God created the heavens and the earth and he created Adam and Eve, he said, oh man, check this place out. You get to run butt naked, <laughs> and which would be amazing. I don't know. I feel like it'd be weird. But, but only maybe it wouldn't if have been you, weird. after the fall, yeah. it was not weird before. It would have been awesome. <laughs> and you have everything that you need. They, they're hanging out with animals. Adam is naming the animals. I mean, this is just an amazing... That part garden. I would have loved. Yeah. And there was no concern. Like, you could be with an alligator and it wouldn't rip your leg off. Thanks it's no Lord. problem. And so, like, you're just in this, this beautiful Eden, the actual Eden. And God was like, this is for you. And I'm going to walk with you in the cool of the day. And we're going to have a relationship because I created you for that. And, and it's going to be beautiful. And Megan's tapping my knee like I need to keep going. And so I will. And he said, but... To enjoy this, you, you got to know that you have a choice. Enjoy what I've given you, but do not have the fruit uh, of the tree in the center, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm -hmm. And Adam and Eve chose self-rule. Yeah. They said, well, thank you, God, um, but I think we're going to do this our own way. And guys were like, well, it was, it was Eve's fault. Yeah, that's because Adam was passive-aggressive, standing right next to her, allowing her to do that. So... Let's just throw that out there. But my <laughs> point is this, Adam and Eve chose yeah. sin, yeah. self-rule, and from that moment on, we sin live in a world. fallen world. It's sin entered, all disease, yeah. all pain, all terrorism, all evil yeah. is a result of sin. Yeah. And if God is a loving God, which he is, then mm -hmm. he has to give us the ability to choose. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. God is love and love requires choice. And so God in his perfect love gave us the ability to choose and humanity chose sin. And there's consequences for that. And there's effects that um, they they affect all of us. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I think that 
this question is such a huge question because there's not a perfect explanation. No. And um, I think- There's not an explanation that takes away the pain. Yeah, that's that's, that's a hard great part. way of saying it. Um, I, I think that it's just hard. Yeah. It's hard when humanity is struggling. It's hard when the people closest to us are walking through pain and we ask the question, why are these bad things happening to this good person? And um, I think that some of it is we just have to be content with not having all the answers, but understanding that God is love and God is good. And, and God uh, is holy. And God is holy. And he is just. And and the beautiful thing is, is the scripture tells us that God will work all of these things together for our good. And I think sometimes we can't see that. I mean, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but in the moment of walking through really challenging situations, it's hard to see how anything good might come out of it. Um, but we have to choose to believe God, you're good. God, you're holy. Well, he, God, yeah, you're he's just. good because we know what the problem is. The problem is sin, but we yeah. also know what the solution is. The solution is Jesus. Yeah. So God was, it, it, it ripped God's heart apart when humanity chose sin. And he said, but I, I'm not done with humanity yet. I will in, enact, I will put into place the work of redemption. And so that is what God does. He, the redeeming quality, he takes and brings it back to its original intent. And that is the beauty of Christianity. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that Jesus never promised us this a comfortable life. No. Um, and I think that there's scripture. A lot of us are familiar with the scripture in Psalm 23 that says, uh, even though I walk through the valley of death, I can fear no evil. Yeah. Why? Because you are with me. Speaking about God, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I, I think that there's... Um, so much to be found in the scripture that helps us understand that even when we don't understand yeah. and even when times are hard and even when people are hurting and even when my personal heart is broken, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to be afraid. Why? Yeah. Because I can Here be reminded me. and know that God is with me. He's not going to leave me alone. He's not going to leave me to face yeah. it alone. It doesn't mean I won't have to walk through the valley. Um, it just means that I don't have to do it alone. Yeah. And if you heard that voice and you thought of the theologian Coolio, <laughs> <laughs> Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize I ain't got nothing left. Yeah, so I'm good. just saying, like, Dangerous Minds, Michelle Pfeiffer, <laughs> great movie. Let's dive in. We have three more questions All right. in 15 All minutes. right, number three. If neither political Why party has a kingdom... Be so blind to see that the one. What's hysterical is the people that are listening to this podcast may have no idea. If you haven't seen Dangerous Minds, we can't be friends. That's your homework. Sorry, Michelle guys. Pfeiffer, watch it today. <laughs> I don't know if it's sanctified, but you know. Well, nothing in this world you. is sanctified. Okay. Um, if neither political party has a kingdom stance with their agendas, right. is there a particular issue that Christians should consider when casting their vote? So you talked about this a little bit. <laughs> you talked about this a little bit on Sunday, and you talked about how there is not one political party that represents the entire Christian faith. And yeah. I think that's important for all of us to know because um Christians have gotten a little crazy lately. Gosh, they so, are just yeah. insane. But it's also important to know what... It was just insane to me during the 2020 elections to even... The way that some people spoke about candidates was as if they were the second coming of Jesus. Yeah. And it's just like, holy smokes, what are you putting your faith in? Yeah. Like we're, you're setting yourself up for disaster. Listen, I'm not saying one candidate is more 
d- despicable or deplorable than another. I'm just yeah. saying all of us are broken and fallen and none of us are the Messiah. But let's and, get back to the question. And I do think as a Christ follower, it's important to know what I believe yeah. as a Christian and, and what... Um, what are biblical truths? Because that yeah. should be driving how I yeah. cast my vote. It really should be because the goal is when Jesus came to earth, he came to bring the kingdom of God to earth. He told us to pray like that. Mm-hmm. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so if that's the case, then it is our job as a Christ follower yeah. to do what we can and to vote in a way that is the best representation of the kingdom of God. Yeah. But what you said on Sunday was both parties both parties have some areas where they would represent some biblical totally. truths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the question was, if neither one has a yeah. kingdom stance, is there a particular issue that Christians should consider when they're casting their vote? You know, I think that there's four social is- issues that typically um, divide the body of Christ, and two of them are primarily represented in the Democratic Party, and two of them are primarily represented in the Republican Party, and so it just makes it challenging. Those four issues are immigration, sexuality, abortion, and uh, the poor. Yeah. You could even maybe put immigration and poor and race as the fourth, uh, but those are typically the four issues where we're divided as a church. And, um, you know, that means if, if you lean towards Republican or a conservative, then you have very clear stances about sexuality and abortion. And that is the driving force for you, uh, for your voting. But it also means that you've probably dismissed some biblical perspectives when it comes to immigration and the yeah. poor and race. Yeah. And yes, it means you've, di- you've chosen two over the other. So just don't get mad at me. And if you lean towards the democratic party, then you have probably clear stances on how we should handle immigration, how we should handle the poor, how we should be talking and handling race and racial reconciliation. But you probably dismissed biblical perspectives on sexuality and abortion. And this is challenging. Yeah, and, it is. And, and we'll, I don't want to get as another question I want to talk about in a minute, but we, we have to manage the tension. Yeah, this is this. This is where we have biblical freedom. And we have to go, God, where do you want me to vote? How do you want me to vote? Here's what I care about. Here's what I know you care about. And you give me wisdom. That's that's it. We pray and we vote our conscience because this is biblical freedom where we get to choose based on what we feel is best because no option is perfect. But our response with other believers and other people in our world, yeah. if they vote in the different bucket from us, yeah. is to say, hey, that is your prerogative Let's be friends. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I have nothing to add. Um, that's a miracle. It is, isn't oh, it? I wish we could record that drop. We're recording it, it right like that, now. That's easy button from Staples. If I could just add that, I have nothing more to add. That would be amazing. <laughs> be so good. Somebody make that for okay, me. Okay, I like this question. Um, oh. It makes me laugh, number four. Um, and it makes me laugh because there's just been so much controversy in yeah. our world in the past two years. And um, and there's been so many um, theories and uh, just things that people have come up with, conspiracy theories as to why things are the way that they are. Yeah. And so this question makes me laugh. It 5G says, airwaves yeah. that are giving us COVID. Yeah. or who, yeah. kn- who knows? And, and granted, all you conspiracy theorists, I know some of your conspiracies came out to be true. So whatever. Okay. 
I'm a partial conspiracy theorist. I'm going to own up to that on this podcast. All right. Number four, what would you say? Stop it. What would you say to those who have thought that vaccines, I'm probably only going to say that word once or we're going to get censored and this podcast is going to be shut down. But schmaxines, start with a V and rhyme with schmaxines are the mark of the beast. Dum, 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 dum. Is this the reason? Is this the reason why so many Christians are concerned about the schmaxine? Um, <laughs> if not, why are they so concerned? It's a great question. Yeah. I mean, it really is a great question. And um, and it's valid. And I think, again, you talked about this a lot. Um, do we think it message. is the mark of the beast? Yes. No, we Emphatically. Do not. So, Jesus. <laughs> no, we do not. We, I, have, I just wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Returning in 1988. Uh, let's move on. That's a real book that it, took place, by the way. Yeah, that Somebody is a real did book. write that. Uh, yeah. I have heard that said. Okay. That, the, that Jesus is coming back no, in 1988? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> the, the, we the missed it. Is... It's too late to change your mind. The sun is coming. I think you sang the same song last week. Behind. You need some new material, baby. I wish you'd push that button right now. You have nothing more to add here. The end. <laughs> I have, no, seriously, cut her off. Okay. I have heard it said that the schmaxines um, are the mark of the beast. And is this the reason yeah. that so many Christians are concerned about it? Um, and if not, why are they so concerned? Um, I've heard it said, I don't believe it's true. And I don't know that every Christian who has decided not to get a schmaxine... <laughs> I just don't want to be censored. Um, I do. I do think that not every one of them has made that decision based upon um, thinking it's a mark of yeah. the beast. I think that um, there's a lot of people who have been doing their study and and looking into um, just the the background of vaccines in general. And um, I know it's controversial. And again, it's one of those uh, yes I will or no I won't buckets yeah. that Pastor Kerry talked about um, on Sunday because. This is where people need to be able to choose mm. what they consume, what they put into In their, their body. body. Yeah. And um, and that matters. That's a that's a freedom of choice. And so um, I think that you can do your research and find research on either side of the spectrum. But um, I do yeah. think that there's a lot of Christians who've done some research and said, you know, this isn't something that I want to do right totally. now. Yeah, and I'll let me answer the question. And according to my opinion, I do not believe it's the mark of the beast. Yeah, the I mark of either. the beast would require you deciding to emphatically deny Christ and take the mark of the beast or be beheaded. So no, it is not the mark of the beast. Perfect. Are we living in the end times? Yes. The moment Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father began the end times. And he said, I will return one day. So until Jesus return, we are in the end times, yeah. which means today we are one step closer to the end times than we were, or to the return of Jesus than we were yesterday. But this is not the mark of the beast. And things are crazy in our world, but it's been worse. Yeah. Uh, times infinity in multiple layers. If you were a Christian living in Rome, you were persecuted and killed for your faith, including your entire family, just for believing. If you yeah. were a Jew living in Poland or in Germany, Germany. In, in the yeah. mid-century of the 19th, the 20th century, not a good time. So yeah. we've experienced some worse times in this. Um, I do not believe it's the mark of the beast. I do not at all. Um, the reason that Christians get crazy about that is because I, this is a general statement. I'm not talking about everybody. I can't speak on behalf of all Christians, but I believe one good thing is that we jump at injustice. Yeah, that, that, which that's, can be a good thing. Yeah, we, we're 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 trained and we're taught as followers of Jesus to look for injustice and do something about it. Yeah. Jesus said, "Hey, 
Uh, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was homeless, you fed me. And, and, and so he said, look, it, it's important that you are taking care of the marginalized and those that are hurting. And, and, and so there's an injustice occurring right now with our government with overreach. You don't have to agree, and you, you can be for it. I'm okay with that. But it's overreach. Right now, in the state of California, there is a bill sitting at, in, with the Senate yeah. that says kids 12 years of age and up can give medical consent without a parent or a guardian, which means my 12-year-old, who's now 13, yeah. can be at school. A nurse can walk in and say, do you want to get the COVID vaccination? Tell her why it's important and convince her, and my daughter can decide to get it without our permission. She can get an abortion without our permission. She can get hormone treatment if she's concerned or not even sure about her gender identity currently. She can't find her shoes most mornings, no, and but she, she could can make choose, those decisions. She would eat Chipotle for every meal yeah. and sugar all day long. This is overreach. Yeah. That's the government saying. Yeah, and that's, it's not officially in place yet, but you do with, need to know it's, 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 on, yeah. it's on the Senate floor and it's Bill 866. And it is important to, to say something. 866. <laughs> Satan. It is Satan. It must no, be the mark of the beast. Listen, time out. Pause, 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 okay. pause. Listen, okay. That's the government telling me that they know how to parent my child better than I do. Yeah. That is overreach. So that's one of the reasons that you see Christians responding the way they do. Now, I am not a proponent for that bill that yeah. you're talking about. There's a few others that are going into effect that they're trying to pass yep. in the state of California, and I am not leaving this state. God called me to yep. this state, and we're going to continue to be light in darkness and do whatever we can to impact the state. But that's not the only reasons Christians freak out. I think Christians like to catastrophize. We like to complain about problems. We, yeah, get, we become busybodies. The book of James was written to a <laughs> bunch of busybodies. And then we start to think that just like the little old church lady in SNL, could it be Satan? <laughs> like we like to, any SNL Dana Carvey fans? Okay. Right. We, we, we like to catastrophize. Yeah. So some of you Christians just need to settle down. Like just chill out. Stop. You need to just get off of social media because your entire scroll is inundated with the same thing because your algorithm has algorithm has created it. Well, and okay. So that I think that's fair. You need to settle down, but maybe just another solution would be don't just complain about it and mm. don't just <laughs> uh, moan and groan about it. Uh, Could actually it be do Satan? something. So I, I think there are things that is, as Christians, or if, if you have a strong belief that you can actually do something. So you can, you can reach out to your legislators and you can say, I, I stand against this specific bill totally. that you vote. So you can do Cause something. Because the government is by the people, for the, for people. the people. So I'm just saying. You can run for office. Come on, we need some, yeah. we need some amazing people Some godly in politicians. Yeah, so, so. You don't have to just go, uh, I'm going to turn a blind eye to what's going on totally. because that's not going to serve anybody well either. But um, don't just moan and groan about it. Actually do something. And and when I say do something, remember that our response to people needs to be clear, but it also needs to be kind. So we're not attacking. We're not attacking. We're not attacking them. Anacking you. <laughs> we're not attacking people that believe something different than what we believe. Yeah. And let's just also say that being a social media advocate is not the same thing. Thing as being yeah, an it's not. So maybe less posts and actually more doing something. Write some letters. Yeah. Go run for office. Like holy smokes. Yeah. Run some of for you office. need to, or, or the school board, your local school boards, yeah. and things like but that. But with could kindness. Make a difference. Yeah. With kindness. Don't. Yeah. yeah. 
Don't okay. be that crazy, crazy person. If your life becomes so aggressive that you're, the sound of who you are becomes so aggressive, you actually do a disservice to the gospel. Yeah. Because people don't want to hear what you have yeah. to say because you are so aggressive. So don't be aggressive. Be e aggressive. A g aggressive. B e aggressive. aggressive. Don't do it. A g g r e s s s s. Okay. Question five. We are already thirty three minutes in. Let's get this one. This is a big one. Here we go. If you don't believe some of the truths of Christian orthodoxy, are you saved? Can you still call yourself a Christian? And then where's the line? Yeah, great question. Christian orthodoxy is just doctrine that is supported by Scripture. Like this is what we believe. Um, and it's the same orthodoxy that, that we get the canonization of the scriptures. It's the apostles creed that gives us the 12 tenets of our faith that are found in the Pauline epistles that the, the books that Paul wrote in the new Testament, that is what it is to be a Christian. And this is challenging. Yeah. Ephesians two, eight says it is not by works that I am saved, but it is by grace. Grace. It's the gift of God. So I don't earn salvation. I can't lose salvation. It's God's gift of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. I can't do anything to get it. God extended that to me because Jesus took my penalty, my punishment for sin. So he was the propitiation for me, which means that I take, when I say yes to Jesus, I take on his righteousness and he takes on my sin. And therefore God says, okay, you now have salvation. John three sixteen. Yeah. For God to love the world, he gave his only, only son. son that whosoever believes yeah. will not perish, but have everlasting life. Acts two thirty eight. Uh, the the people said to Peter, what do we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Right. Key word here. All truth is held in tension. All truth is held in tension. So it is a free gift of grace. And then Peter says, repent. So repent means to turn. turn. I stopped going the direction I was going and I'm pursuing godliness. So I was walking towards sin. I was pursuing with the desires of my flesh but I'm repenting and I'm turning and going towards the direction of who God is. So salvation from hell is a moment of grace, but Christianity is a lifetime of surrender. Yeah. Truth is held in the tension. Yeah. The scripture says it is by faith, not by works that we are saved. But Jesus said in John 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. commandments. Yeah. So the truth is held in tension. So the easy answer to the question is, I can believe what I want to believe and live what I want to live. If I've surrendered my life to Jesus, I will experience salvation in heaven. But my question would be, if Jesus saved you and you're living how you want to live, did you really allow Jesus to save you? Wow. We have to think about how the the love of God works. The the love of God works within order. There's a hierarchy to his love. He loves Jesus, his son, more than he loves you and me. That's non-negotiable. But Jesus took on the sin and the shame of humanity. Another way to say it is that God loved Jesus so much that he told Jesus the plan. Hmm. You're going to go to earth. You're going to live a sinless life. You're going to be born of a virgin. You're going to do miracles. It's going to be amazing. 
And then the people that you are, are love with your whole heart are going to nail you to a cross. But not only that, there's going to be a moment where I have to turn my back on you mm. and reject you as my son because you will have the sins of every human to ever live on the face of planet earth through the history of time. And I'll have to reject you. And then you're going to die and you're going to go to hell. He told him to plan, but then I'm going to raise you from the dead. We're going to defeat death. And because of your sacrifice, people can experience salvation for eternity. So God told Jesus the plan because he loved Jesus. Then Jesus was obedient to the plan because he loved God. The Bible says it was with joy that Jesus crawled on the cross because he had you in mind, he had me in mind. Well, then Jesus tells the disciples the plan because he loves his disciples. And his disciples obey the plan because they love Jesus. Mm -hmm. So our response to salvation should always be that we are allowing God to transform us from the inside out. Yeah, and I think uh, as a Christian, um, Christian means Christ follower. Um, and so I loved how on Sunday, if you, if you haven't listened to Battle of Beliefs Part 2, I would challenge you to listen to it because you talked about how um, within kingdom culture, we've got the buckets of grace and the buckets of truth. Yeah. And, and both belong there. And grace is unmerited favor. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. It's just simply the Bible says when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, then we will be saved. So there's nothing you can do to earn the free gift of the grace of God, which is salvation. And so um, that's available to all. But then you bring in the truth of God. And, and I love that you, you said that scripture um, that Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And the reason he did that was not to be some dictator, but because he knew like God's given us this playbook for living yeah. that says, hey, if you want to live a life that flourishes, that, that experiences all of the blessings, all of the, the promises that, that yeah. God has for you, then here's a, a playbook for that. Here's a, a guidebook for what that's going to look like. And, um, and so it's our job to go, okay, how can I align my life with that playbook that God has given me? Because he loves me. He's got good plans for me. And if I love him, I'm going to keep his commandments. So I'm going to do everything I can to align my life with his word, but we're all on a journey. Mm -hmm. And some of us are way down the road on the journey. And some of us are at the very beginning of the journey. So I think we're all in different places as we're uncovering what God's plan is for our life. Um, but, but grace is the beautiful gift of God available to all of us. And you know, one of our producers was just saying, Hey, maybe give people an opportunity to respond to the gospel. There's some of you listening or watching and I think you you need to begin that journey. We at our church we talk about this every week, mm-hmm. but maybe just the understanding of what it really means to surrender. And this is your moment where you where you can just where you're at, you just say, Jesus, I, I want to surrender my life to you. And just make that statement yours. Yeah. And you don't have to have all understanding, but just let this be a holy moment for you. And maybe maybe you've been running from God and you need to run back. And, and, and make these your words, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Mm. And then let the remainder of your days be about pursuing God. Never perfection, but about pursuing God. Amen? You know, when you said that, uh, some of you that are listening might be running from God and it's time to come back. Um, I just, I get a sense that there's potentially somebody that's tuned in listening to this podcast that um, you have been running from God and you've been running from God because you, um, you're frustrated 
yeah. with some of the standards that are found in the word of God wow. and you, you disagree and you're struggling to believe. And so it was easier for you to reject Jesus and reject truth than to uh, lean in and discover the, the truth of God's word and how it brings freedom and how it brings life and how it brings fulfillment. And, um, and as you've been listening, you've been a little bit challenged to the core. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit in this moment just wants to remind you, um, God loves you. Yeah. He chose you. He never stopped loving you. Um, and and I just want to encourage you. This is a moment, I, I believe, for you to come back to him, to, to pray those words that Carrie um, just gave you, just Jesus, I give you my life, and to start the journey again. Um, I I think that God gives us a playbook um, not to control our lives, but because he knows what's best for us. And, um, and so it's a journey of walking that out in faith with him. And I just think it's time for some of you to come back. Awesome. What a podcast. Yeah. Wow. Well, listen, we love you. We're grateful yeah. for you. For those of you that call the Movement Church home, you're a people. For those of you that are just tuning in yeah. or you want to call the Movement Church home, you're our people. In fact, join us Sundays uh, right here in Orange County. Yep. Check us out at theocmovement.com. Click subscribe, like this sucker, hit the little bell so you'll know we're coming at you, and drop a line. Let us know what you think we should name this thing. Come on. Time. All right, we'll see you guys. Have a right great week. Here next episode.